and welcome to the Perky and Man Dadcast, the show for anyone who's a dad, anyone expecting to be a dad, and anyone whose partner has commented on how Mother's Day will be so much more exciting next year. I'm Alex Perkins. And I'm Richard Mann. We're both dads, and although we don't profess to be experts in fatherhood, we'll be sharing some stories, banter, and at least one bit of practical advice, such as... If you're having a pillow fight with your two-year-old daughter, remember that they are just two. Unlike a guy called Gabriel did in the video that we shared on Facebook and Twitter where he absolutely flattened her. Go and watch it. It's very, very funny. You are listening to the Perky and Man Dadcast. So welcome along to the Dadcast. This is episode three. And in the show today, we're going to be speaking about the Armageddon of Birth. But before that, uh, we should have something a little bit lighter. What have you got, Rich? Okay, so following on from Dad Hacks last week, Alex, you were talking about the uglyvolvo.com, which is a blog page um, about how to entertain your children if you're feeling a little bit hungover or not too well. That's right, yeah. You came up with a few, yeah. I checked it out. It's a very good site. Very, very good. There's a few more on there, a few more of these games that you can play. Oh, so you ready? cool. Yeah, go for it, go for it. So three games to play while you just sit around and basically don't do anything. I love it. Number one, theatre critic. You tell, your chi- <laughs> you tell your child that they need to put on a play and they need to rehearse it and get costumes ready and that you are going to be the theatre critic and after you watch it, you're going to critique it. That's brilliant. So, so essentially you don't do much for a while and then you give some feedback. Maybe some even some negative feedback, which reminds me when I saw Phoebe do her Christmas nativity and I was probably like the worst dad there because everyone else was sort of smiling and happy and everything. And I was thinking, All right, I'm going to give you notes on your voice. I'm going to give you notes on your body. I'm going to give you notes on... <laughs> I should have just enjoyed it. I think I so. Yeah, I think just <laughs> let it go. Let it go, Rich. Just let it go. <laughs> but I like that game. So you can just sit there and because yeah. you're being a critic... Um, yeah. you can just be really negative because you're probably feeling a bit lousy anyway. You yeah. can just be really negative and they'll be like, oh, this is great. This is a great game, Dad. Great game. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, private investigator. Basically, a crime's happened and uh, you've got to send your child out as the investigator to find clues. Use a magnifying glass, use binoculars, write things down. And the example they give actually is a bit odd that, that one of the parents, um, so obviously the parent that you're the other parent not you um has is like a wanted criminal of some kind so they've got to keep watch on them which is a little bit weird to be honest but i get the idea of private investigator that's brilliant i love it i love it number three hair salon so you sit back relax and let your child brush your hair and put bows and whatever and it doesn't really matter but the idea is that that you need to concentrate on what you're going to do later on so they can't talk to you (laughs) brilliant and you could say yeah i need to uh, listen to these notes and you put your headphones in and and listen to the radio or something like that (laughs) until your child discovers the pair of scissors lying around and you find out that you've actually got a haircut (laughs) yeah hide all scissors hide all scissors (laughs) phoebe cut her hair a couple of weeks ago so first incident we've had of her cutting her hair she cut her fringe a little bit oh no notice yes yeah it sweeps over and you can you can pin it back but um yeah, but she blamed someone at preschool. But she it was blamed her. someone at preschool. Yeah, it was her in the end. We found out. I love it. I love it. 
Um, if you've got any dad hacks, um, just things that you do to make your life as a dad a little bit easier, or particularly mm. if you've got any of these games, things to do when you're not feeling that great, but you have to entertain the kids, then definitely get in contact with us. Uh, go to Twitter at DadcastUK, Facebook.com forward slash DadcastUK, or DadcastUK at gmail.com. You are listening to the Perky and Man Dadcast. Each podcast, we chart the next phase of being a dad. And we have now arrived at the Armageddon of birth, which is the big one, the big one where it all happens. Oh, dear. So do you want to kickstart this one off? What what happened with you? Well, um, Can you remember. Yeah, um, it was it was, you know, massive. We, we went to a place in uh, Chertsey and there is a wing there called the Abbey Wing which is where the birthing centre is and where all the water births happen and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a lovely, lovely building. And we thought that the Abbey Wing must be something to do with the church, you know, has a lot yeah. of history. Um, we found out when we went to have a little visit that it's actually because it was opened by Abbey Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the plan was to have the water birth. It was absolutely gorgeous. The pool's there, the lighting's lovely. There was music on in the background. It was all really chilled, all really lovely. And it was amazing. And then, of course, as things seem to often do with births, they, things mm. didn't quite go to plan. So in the end, we did have to go up to the ward. And then it was all the stirrups and the epidural and then the crowd yeah. of doctors and all that kind of thing. And it it felt like a film. It felt like you're in a yeah. film by then. It didn't feel real. You know, you feel like, you know, it, it, it didn't feel like it was actually happening. Like Rachel's lying mm. there in massive amount of pain. And all I'm thinking is... In the films, there's a head end and there's a business end and you choose which end you go to, yeah? <laughs> when someone's in one of those beds that kind of Constantina's up, so they, there's, it's the same end. Like the same, I can stand in one place and I'm by her head and I'm by the baby's head as well. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's the yeah. same place. And then the, the couple of things that I found really odd about the whole situation is I didn't realise how aware I am of how many people are in a room, any given room that I'm in, and, and where the entrances are. So... I must have known <laughs> that there were like six people in the room and the door was over behind me. And then suddenly when Matilda was born, suddenly there was another person in the room that hadn't come through that door and it kind of freaked me out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so where does that come from? And then the other thing that was really noticeable is you imagine the baby coming out and being like asleep or a little... Matilda came out looking like a really angry zombie. <laughs> she had blood on her face. She had a bit of a squinty eye, and she stared at both Rachel and myself. Like, what the hell have you yeah, put me I, through? <laughs> yeah, I was just—I was chilled out. I was warm. I was happy. Yeah, well, this is really cold. Where's all this light come from? <laughs> but I remember the the doctor pulled Matilda out, and she said, "Okay, Dad." What is it? And I looked at Matilda's face and then I looked at her shoulder. And then by then the doctor had said, it's a girl. And it was like, give me a moment to get there. I I, I don't instantly go to that area. You know, give me a moment. Um, But, you know, and then the other thing was because of, you know, some complications with Rachel. She was whisked off to the theatre and I was just given Matilda and everyone left. Mm. And I'm sitting there holding her and had about half an hour where I just thought, I don't know what I'm doing because <laughs> I was prepared. I was pla- I, I, yeah. I felt like I had everything ready. And then suddenly I had this baby in my arms and I was just thinking, this is really unreal. I, no matter how 
prepared I was for it I, I didn't feel prepared enough it was um incredible absolutely incredible you know you'll never forget that moment um you've, you've had two do you remember the first one do you remember Phoebe uh, yeah, Phoebe. So, well, cut a long story short, it, it took about two days of going in and out of hospital. Oh, OK. Um, so it was it got a little bit tiring with Phoebe. And I decided to do a birth oh, sorry, diary. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Did you just say it got a bit, it got a bit tiring? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was I was desperately tired. Uh, and Sophie, <laughs> Sophie was tired as well, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, ty- it was tiring for Sophie. Um, <laughs> and we were up and sort of in and out of hospital. And I was doing a birthing diary. Uh, and it all starts off okay quite sort of happy and Soph's in it a bit and then as it got on and on and on and I'm sort of showing Soph and she's going don't film me don't film me so I decided to maybe not film her as much and there's just a lot of me going okay we've been in hospital for the fifth time and uh, and they're still not <laughs> admitting her um don't quite know what we're gonna do and we went back and you know you get these birthing balls yeah that people sit on um we hadn't got one but I'd done a show with you <laughs> oh, over right. 10 years ago and in the loft was what's that thing we used space hopper <laughs> so i got i got the space hopper down you used and I said, dennis you, you used and I, dennis. dennis that's it i used dennis i said so sit, sit on this this might help it, it didn't <laughs> a space hopper is very different to a birthing ball when we <laughs> when we got in there and we were going to have a, a, a sort of a water birth. And uh, at the last moment, it all went very wrong. And uh, Soph had to go into a you know more traditional setup. <laughs> and um, the doctor said to me, are you OK? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you're not the important one. <laughs> I was like, OK, OK. And right at the last moment, something went wrong. But basically, Phoebe wasn't able to come out very easily and uh within a couple of seconds a crash team came in and it all went a bit you know hollywood yeah um and it all sort of a bit swirly you know and i I remember sort of supporting myself thinking oh this is not good this is not good what's happening and then she was born and everything's fine and same with you said with rach suddenly sophie sort of was away and i was there with phoebe um looking after thinking wow it's like a whirlwind what's just happened here yeah and it's only it, then it, it all is. makes sense it feels like because yeah with, with the actual um birthing side of things it does feel so filmic that you, I, I didn't feel scared even when things were no. going wrong because it just felt like this is part of the of the story and it was only afterwards uh, that you kind of think oh my god these this is you know that that is my wife and love of my life that's there that all these things are going wrong to and it's only once the baby's out that you can kind of go oh my god that 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 could yeah. have been much worse you know it's it's scary uh, i totally agree and the thing is that as you said about people coming in suddenly you know people would come in and out um and and something which is quite sort of you know almost a private thing you, you know certainly someone being pretty much naked and then people coming in and out just becomes very normal yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. uh it's as like somebody else but they were fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, couldn't fault them at all. With uh, with us, amazing. I couldn't fault the, the midwife in the birthing centre. She was absolutely amazing and wonderful. And we had a good laugh, actually, because at one point um, she did a little test to find out, you know, what was going on. And she sort of said, oh, the waters haven't broken. And we were like, oh, OK, the waters haven't broken. That's funny because we thought they had. And then it, you kind of flash back to an hour before when I was holding on to Rachel and we thought the waters had broken. And so we're going, oh, you just weed on my feet. That's what it was. An hour ago, you weed on my feet. And we were cool with it. You weed on my feet. What about with Georgia? 
Georgia was totally different. We were sort of in and out relatively quickly. Well, so you know, Soph stayed over the night, but uh, it took... I, I can't remember, but it took, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half rather than... Two days. Know, whatever Phoebe, Phoebe was, yeah, exactly. Wow. So a lot easier. A lot easier. But she's a lot more difficult child. <laughs> so <laughs> well, it seems a lot more difficult. What it seems like um, to people I've spoken to about the birth itself is that you always assume when it's your first one that it's going to be completely fine. But it seems like mm. it seems like things go wrong all yeah. the time. All the time. Yeah. So many things go wrong. It's quite sort of scary. No, mm. Luckily, I didn't know that beforehand. I just thought, ah, oh, there might be one or two little things. But essentially, it's going to be, you know, pop in there, like you said, an hour and a half. We'll get home in time for, you know, <laughs> EastEnders or whatever. <laughs> one of our listeners has actually got in contact and has actually okay. told us their birth story. And maybe we'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Definitely. All right. Now, as we've been speaking about the Armageddon of birth, it's time to also talk about Mother's Day. Just in case you hadn't thought about it, your baby or your child is not going to be able to do the Mother's Day thing by themselves. It's up to you to organise the Mother's Day thing. So with that in mind, here is the Perky and Man Dadcast guide to Mother's Day. A. Let mother sleep. Take baby downstairs. B. Breakfast in bed. Pancakes. Mmm, nice. C. A homemade card. Print off a picture of mother and baby. D. An activity that she couldn't do when pregnant. Perhaps wine tasting or trampolining, providing she's been doing her pelvic floor exercises. (laughs) E. Fancy dinner at home. Pick your favourite recipe from your favourite restaurant and make your own version at home once baby is in bed. And that's Mother's Day wrapped up. The Perky and Man Dadcast. Holding your hand and getting you to push through the first few years of fatherhood. So my daughter Matilda has just turned six months. And we've been doing those baby milestone cards. Every month you sort of take a photograph of them with the card. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, like the first time they're sitting up or the first time they're eating food, that kind of thing. And as a dad, you know, I've been doing that absolutely religiously i've been making sure that it's been done on the right day and that we've got the right photo sometimes rachel's kind of said oh she's a bit grisly today should we do it tomorrow and i've gone no it's a milestone card it must be done on the actual day that it says now we had a bit of a problem because matilda was born on august the 30th there is no february the 30th (laughs) what would you do in that situation when would you take the photo um, I guess I would take the photograph. Well, actually, you take the photograph at the split second as the date changes. So what, between the 29th of Feb and the 1st of March at midnight? Midnight. And what you do is you get a load of cameras positioned around everywhere. <laughs> so you so you make sure that within a nanosecond you get that moment. She would have been asleep. That's true, actually. Or you get one the day before and the day after. I put it out on the social medias to find out what people think. And so I've got a few responses of what people have suggested I should have done. And then I'll tell you what I did do. Um, Elaine said, do it on the 1st of March because then she is six months. Whereas if you do it on the 29th of Feb, then she's still five months and, you know, 365 Uh, days. And then she's not actually six months. Um, Tom said, he agrees with that. He said the 1st of March, otherwise you're messing with time. And only Doc Brown is qualified to do that. Yes, that's true. Maddie agreed with you and said midnight between the 29th of Feb and the 1st of March. I mean, 
I'm a new dad. I'm asleep by 10 o'clock. <laughs> I'm not going to be awake at midnight. No, uh, but, but Rachel is awake. Oh, yeah, that's true. That it could have been feed time. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, just get on with it. Just don't wake me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then Nick got in contact um, and he said, you have to work out what a half of 366 is and then add it on to find out exactly when half of a year is. This, um, this chap has thought about it. He really did. And he, yeah, he said that clever. only then can you truly say that they are half a year old. Um, and I did that. And it's, that means it's March the 1st. That is half. So, that, so, so hang on. See, is that what you did? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just ignored all of those bits of advice. Because actually, on Monday, on the 29th of Feb, I had yeah. a daddy day. Um, Rachel yeah. was working. So I was in North London with matilda and so i thought these will make better photos <laughs> what's well, so a load of selfies yeah well we we just went around we met loads of friends from north london and then got loads of photos with them in fact in one of the photos catherine tate was just randomly in the background <laughs> Wait, take a photo. <laughs> so i've got a photo i've got the first ever celebrity baby milestone card photo uh, what other backdrops in north london uh we had uh one of her eating a pear at lunchtime where where's that uh in muswell hill um okay lovely we had one of her um in her buggy in highgate wood just randomly <laughs> and then lots of her just being you know cuddled by various friends of mine that i was just meeting up with and having coffee with it's good you've got the photos is rachel happy rachel's very happy with those photos yeah yeah but it does pose a big problem because because lots of people are born on the 31st of certain months so i think you just can just pick which one is the better day <laughs> i agree <laughs> your baby may be at risk if you follow any advice given by perky or man so one of our listeners tom has got in contact and he has told us his birthing story so i'm going to read it out he starts with this everything's a bit of a blur things happen to happen around you and you're at the complete mercy of the well-meaning medical staff I think the first thing that happens when you arrive at the hospital is that the birth plan goes out of the window. A birth plan to a midwife must be the equivalent of a diva's rider to a venue manager. (laughs) I think our birth was comparatively unusual in the fact that we were having twins. The difference manifested itself in three ways. Firstly, the moment my wife's waters broke, we were told to get to the hospital and stay there. Not like you, Richard. Not like you. No! A better hospital. Apparently, we wouldn't be leaving the hospital again until there are two more little souls in this world. I've heard stories of other parents who keep getting sent home from the hospital while practically in full-blown labour. To avoid this, I recommend having twins. That's what you should have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. We, we should have put in for that yeah. beforehand. Yeah. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? The other noteworthy thing is that you give birth in a proper full-on theatre rather than a little room. The upside of this is that I got to wear official scrubs and I looked awesome. While my wife was screaming in pain, I could at one point be found in front of the mirror in the bathroom taking selfies and pretending I was in here. <laughs> <laughs> the third thing is the number of medical staff who needed to be present at the birth. I think there were about 12 people in the room. My wife irritated them all by not giving birth at the appropriate time. So there was a shift change and another 12 people marched into the room and glared wearingly at my wife. 
I think I might say that there was one additional thing that stuck out in my mind, and I shall keep the name of the hospital to myself for this one. Throughout my wife's pregnancy, we were determined to leave the gender to be a surprise. When we discovered that we were having twins, we did wobble a bit, but we did stick to our guns. Finally, we got into the aforementioned theatre with my wife a huffing and a puffing, and we were still none the wiser. That is, of course, until my wife overheard a conversation between two of the staff where they discussed the fact that they were about to deliver two girls. That's really bad. Ah, uh, that's, yeah, that's that's not on, is it? Imagine that's hearing that. That's a real that. shame. No, no, that's bad. My Very wife bad. was a little crestfallen, as you can imagine, but she was kind enough not to mention it to me. I believe that this conversation was overheard while I was imagining myself as George Clooney, so I was still oblivious <laughs> to the gender. Seems that my narcissism actually did me a favour. <laughs> that's awesome. That is a fantastic story. Thank Thanks, you Thanks, Tom. Much, Tom. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So that's uh, pretty much it. But you've got a fact before we go, yeah? So this is from uh, the QI book of facts. Charles Darwin let his children use the original manuscript of On the Origin of Species as drawing paper. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe that? That would have been worth... I mean, not that he probably cares, but that would have been worth probably millions now. Yeah, maybe they've uh, changed some things, you know what I mean? They've changed a few words here and there. It depends on if he let them use it before it got published or not oh yeah because <laughs> <laughs> there might be some facts in there that it was his kids like we'll draw a little extra toe on there we'll draw <laughs> add a bit there a bit there and there. then it went to print have your kids damaged anything by drawing on it yet yeah um phoebe about uh, two and a half years ago did decorate the front room wall <gasps> with loads and loads of crayons and it was crayons as well not even pencils so it was really difficult to get off But we sort of celebrated it because we thought, do you know what? It's never happened before and it's quite cool. I mean, it looks a complete mess, but (laughs) we left it there for a while. It's like, right, she's done it. Great. You know, it was was fun. That was probably the worst. The thing is that I do find if either of the girls have been into my study that bits of paper, pads will have little drawings and things on. (laughs) Oh, no. It's not a real problem, or Phoebe, but Phoebe, Phoebe's writing her name now, and she has been for a few months. There'll just be her name written in random places, you know, on on paper, but just randomly. So maybe I'll be doing some work, and I'll open a book, and it'll be like Phoebe. Be like, ah, that's quite cool. I'll worry about it if it, if she gets to eighteen and still doing the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So with that in mind, it is time for us to go. Um, Next week, I suppose we'll be speaking about the first few weeks of being a dad. So if you've got any stories, then do get in contact. And if you haven't seen that video of uh, that guy, Gabriel, flattening his child, it is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Watch it. Subscribe to the Perkin Man Dadcast on iTunes and get more of this sort of informed discussion whenever they get round to recording the next one. Get in contact by emailing dadcastuk at gmail.com, by tweeting at dadcastuk, or by visiting facebook.com forward slash dadcastuk.